Welcome back, everybody. It's been quite some time, but we're back. And Jen came back to talk about the future job with me. And yeah, we're going to you know get into the future a little. In this episode, the team must shut down a con man who's masquerading as a psychic. This future job aired on February 3rd, 2010. So exact, almost exactly nine years ago. It's a little it's over fate. now. Yep. Yeah. And it's fate. Yes. It was foretold. Oh. It was directed, <laughs> it was directed oh. by Mark Roskin again. And uh, this one was written, co-written by Amy Berg and Chris Downey, which is a writing duo that we haven't seen like work together on the show like this, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, what did you think of the episode, Jen? I tell you, Christina, I didn't, I didn't love it. It's not my favorite of theirs. I, I remember when I was rewatching it, I was like, oh yeah. I remember watching this first time being like, eh, I don't love a psychic. You don't love a psychic? I don't love a psychic con person. No, it seems even more manipulative and awful than a regular con person yes. like a con artist i totally agree with you there uh the con artist in this episode is played by luke perry and i never watched 90210 but he is hot archie's dad on riverdale now so oh yeah. does he have more than two emotions uh not really <laughs> that, that is okay. but to be fair neither does his son, Hot Archie. <laughs> okay. Hey, let's talk about leverage. Yes. <laughs> so sorry. Um, Hot Archie. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So, Luke Perry. Luke Perry. This yeah. episode opens okay. yeah. in, in a very, like, living room kind of set where Luke Perry's character is communing with the dead husband of a pregnant woman. And... She's she's obviously come there quite often and he knows who she is, but she's asking him what they should name. She's she wants him to ask her husband what they should name the baby. And he's like, oh, no, sorry, I lost the connection. And this is after he's like led her on about some information about someone named Brutus, who was their dog. And. Once she leaves, you his assistant comes in and you find out that he got out that he found out the info from her Facebook page. And and then do you uh, call him that info too quickly? Because I the door slammed shut as he was telling him that info. I was like, That's true. You know like it, buddy. You're running a con here. You can't make this mistake. Well, he's obviously training this young man who's not quite there yet, and he's the one who started no, he it is Luke Perry, isn't it? Who says, where'd you get that information about the dog? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he gets, he's a little cocky because he knows he's got her completely under his thumb. That and and place is obviously like sponsored by Yankee Candle. There's no need <laughs> to have that many candles in a place. Oh, like, is this a fire hazard? Probably. But I mean, that's, that's one Are of those staples of being or? a fake psychic. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to say how much more they're talking about how much more money they can probably get out of her before she, you know, balks and says, oh, I have no more money. But they're they're just wringing her dry because he says, oh, she still has a house. She can. Yeah. She can mortgage, the house. mortgage the house. And you're like, wow. Wow. This woman yeah. is 
pregnant. Like she's going to have a baby in two months and you're just going to take all of her money with. Wow. Wow. So uh, obviously this can't happen. Not on our watch. Nope. You know? So no. her, her brother comes to Nate and he says, you know, my sister just been walking around like a zombie. She's not grieving properly. She's not coping with this. And he doesn't even want the money back that this man stolen from her. He just wants his sister back. He just kind of wants to break this spell, which is so sweet. Also, Did this brother look to you like an, like an older cousin of Neville Longbottom? <laughs> um, awkward Neville Longbottom or hot Neville Longbottom? Hot Neville Longbottom, like when he gets hotter. Um, but like he looks a little bit like him, like his American cousin. Yeah, I said like kind of the long face and the like yeah. narrow nose. Yeah, I can Less see that. Less robes, but like yeah, still fewer robes. Yeah, um, fewer jumpers. Mm -hmm. He was wearing a sweater, but what? Yeah. Less accent. I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously. not as, not as great. Yes, his his cousin who goes who went to Ilvermorny, and Nate and Parker decide they're gonna you know go see, check this guy out. So they go to a show, which is a local access show in the middle of nowhere between these warehouses and storage units, and actually they filmed it in an actual local access cable studio. And all of the camera what? people that you see are just the camera people from, from the studio. Perfect. They were just like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll just run the cameras. It's fine. We you also from Wave World. Yeah, it's fine. Local access. Exactly. Uh, just another example of how Portland is, is great for this show. And... So Hardison is hacking into their setup, which is really easy, he says, considering that they're using the station's free Wi-Fi. And he says, my Nana could hack this place. <laughs> and then Elliot goes in search of the control room. Oh, I hate, I hate this part. So, so Parker's all acting like even like more uncomfortable and squirrely around people than usual. And she tells Nate that she doesn't like psychics. And then she... Uh, poor Parker. <laughs> Before you get to that. Before that. What? The smelly van. The smelly van? Yes, Tara smells something in the van. It's never addressed. I was like, what is what is the smell? Go, describe it more. Is it like a food smell, an animal? It's a man trapped alone in a van smell. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, like I an ongoing like running joke. So uh, Sophie's made it before. When she's like, "Ooh, it's kind of minging in here," and he is just so offended, like how you this is clean. I just washed those. Like you could eat off the floor in here. I bet he has eaten off the floor in there. Oh, he's. I mean, even before he cleaned it, I'm sure he did. Uh, meanwhile, Elliot stumbles into the control room uh, where the assistant has just like a wall of cameras, screens on the whole studio, uh, and then he has this like hilarious kind of. You know, he acts like he's like, oh, this isn't the bathroom. Oh, hey, you got a lot of screens here. And then he and the assistant, like, have this little tussle, which was not in the script, apparently. They just... They just kind of had to fight things out. Yeah. Elliot's, you know, Christian Kane's a really physical dude, and he just wanted to roughhouse yeah. another man, apparently. Uh, but while he's doing that, he, <laughs> he leaves a little camera behind to, to spy on them. <sighs> so subtle. Yeah. It's good. He's good at his job. Yeah, I mean... It's a hitter. That's right. 
So back in the studio, Nate heckles. Uh, oh man, I just forgot his name. What's his name? The- Rand. His name's something Rand. And yeah, so he heckles him, which makes him focus Dalton. on what? Dalton. Dalton. Yeah, Dalton Rand. Yeah. And so he heckles, he heckles Dalton, and which makes him like focus on them. But then you like see him notice Parker and he zeroes in on Parker instead and starts to read her and finds out some stuff about her that freaks her out that she'd had a brother who died and she taught him how to ride the bike and there was an accident and she runs out of the studio really upset i was upset <clears throat> yeah and she's oh man uh beth rescraft is so good here because she's just like in both of these like this scene and then later when they're back at the apartment she's just she's so uncomfortable and her eyes just like well up and she has all the like as they talk about in a minute all the little micro expressions that give her away but she does them in a way that you're like when you look back on them you're like oh yeah they're really obvious but still subtle yeah that makes sense yeah and and yeah she thinks he's really a psychic so (laughs) she's like he knew how did he know all that stuff i've never told anybody that um, and they, when they get back there, they kind of talk her down. So they point out that he's just a con man, just like them. And he asked questions and he used her answers to keep going and, and dig deeper. And all these little micro expressions of hers gave him away. And so he just did a cold read on her the way that Sophie would do or that Tara would do. And everybody else, she's like, well, how did he know about this and that and that? But he has cameras everywhere microphones everywhere and he has people planted in the audience asking people things like leading questions which he then the assistant hears and like feeds back to dalton and it's awful he's a horrible person he really is and i actually had like a personal thing with this one where i was like why do i not like her being so vulnerable like i'm okay with characters exploring things but i got really upset about it and i was like it's because i am super naive <laughs> and these guys would see me coming and just be like dollar signs. Yeah. 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 And Parker's the like childlike person in, in this family of, of she leverage, is. you know, and she doesn't normally need to be taken care of. So when something does hurt her, it's, I think everybody's like, Oh no, uh-huh. no, you do not. You do not mess with, with that and like tara says oh she he's good and he should Hardison die said he should die he should be shot yeah shot. <laughs> yeah so yeah so she asks like they ask what do we do now and she's like cut off his arms and his head <laughs> yeah i want to kill him can we make that happen and then nate kind of just like kind of looks at her and elliot's like yeah i could do that <laughs> elliot yeah yeah i mean i mean if yeah, you mean for you yeah, i mean yeah that's that's the thing that could happen yeah yeah i could do that no problem in the commentary they were like yeah we just wanted to remind people that like elliot's killed people before which honestly i don't think is something that i ever forgot no i don't think you need to make a shirt that says it or anything (laughs) it is really sweet that he's just willing to straight up kill him for her i like that that's a good moment but it's a good moment i was like i never forgot that elliot (laughs) has has killed yeah 
So instead, Nate says, we're going to give him exactly what he wants. And then we're going to take it away from him in front of the studio, his studio audience. We're going to destroy him. So Dalton is meeting with uh, a lady from the network about expanding his show onto like regular television, I guess. And she tells him, you know, we need to see something more. There are these psychic shows are a dime a dozen. We need we need more from you. And actually, the lady out there, Long Island, something, Hollywood, something. He's got to have a catch. Exactly. There's got to be. There's got to be a cook, right? Like on a cook, a hook. <laughs> there's got to be a hook. Probably a cook too. A cooking segment of the show. Oh my gosh, psychic cooking meals like from beyond. Find out grandma's old lost recipe. <gasps> Oh, see, that's where they'd get she me. That's what it was. Oh my gosh, all this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the woman playing the network person is actually the casting director of Leverage. So instead of casting someone, they're like, boop, we'll just grab her out of the office. Are you talking about Miss Lana Venker? Maybe. Yes. I wrote down that name. I, I, I read that fun fact about it. <laughs> Then yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Lana, Lana Vinker. Vinker. Yeah. Vinker. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's great. It's a good fact to write down. And so he's got all this stress on him and then he gets back to his office and the assistant who I think we only hear his name once, like way later in the series, uh, tells Rand that there have been some cancellations and they're all for the same reason. And this is, but he tells him this or he's trying to tell him when he first walks in but Rand's all pissed off. And then he, the assistant is just like, oh, but you did so good on all the hot reads and all the cold reads. And you always say you want practice doing that. And he's just like feeding his ego. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, maybe we should talk about this later. But that guy, the assistant, he worries me because he's being groomed to do this. And spoiler, at the end of the episode, like we don't see him again. We don't see anything bad happen to him. So, but we'll come back to him in a little bit. Um, but yeah, he tells Rand that there have been cancellations and they're all for the same reason. And it that reason is hippie Tara. Yep. Yep. Let's go real, real typecasting with that. Let's get the most hippie outfit. I love Tassel. it. Tassels again. Yes. Yeah. I had some fringe. Uh, That's what I'm more thinking of. Oh, <gasps> speaking of fringe and tassels. Elliot still has his freaking braids and beads. Shut up. I looked for them. I only watched them on the floor. I didn't see it. Yeah, they're there. They're like more subtle in this one, but they're still there. Yeah. Yeah. What is he doing? I think I noticed him in the period when he's in the van and he like moves and it like swings and I'm like, no. (laughs) What is he doing? Poor, poor hair choices. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it was, you know, the end of a long season. I have no idea. But, yeah, hippie Tara. She looks great. She's got, like, very natural makeup, not a lot of eyeliner. And her hair is just kind of curly and wavy. And she's just soft-spoken. And she's just How giving people free. serve you today? <laughs> yes, right? And she's just, you know, reading people's auras and junk at a coffee shop in a courtyard. And she's giving Nate a reading. As he gets there and Nate's leaving, he's like, oh, I saw this other guy and he was he was awful, but you're the real deal. And so he sits down and he, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I like your style, but stop stealing my customers. 
and she gives him the story about how she had a brain tumor and it was taken out. Those are like, never good. No. Like, they're literally never good. Like never. you don't really come back with them. No. Yeah. So she like lets him even feel the scar from where it was taken out. And Elliot's like, did we give her that scar? And Nate's it like, was like, I thought he was going, she's going to read his palm. She's like, give me your hand. And I was like, oh, she's going to read his palm. Nope. She's going to make him feel a scar. Oh, like way to sell the story though. Yeah. Like make us a little more curious about her backstory. Like why does she have this massive scar on the back of her head? Christina, do you have any scars on you that you would be like, feel the scar as a mysterious illness I've had? No. Do well, you're you? going to have to think of a better backstory. I could never be a con artist is the thing. Like, I'm not ever going to be in this situation. I broke my hand a long time ago. I have a scar right here. It so, makes an angry face because I had pins and a scar. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen that scar. Oh, yeah. Um, but what would that, what story would that help sell? Um, the left hand is angry. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm not that good at making stuff up. <laughs> All right. Connor is in, in neither of our cards. Um, yeah. So <laughs> they have this really cool scene where they uh, zoom. It zooms from them when he gets shocked a little by the table. Yeah. And it like zooms away from them and like down the, the sidewalk and around the corner where we see the rest of them at the van, which was like, they had to manually do this on like a steady cam. They had to just make everybody who was walking around stop. And then they like ran past them really fast with the camera. To oh, do that effect. that's cool. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's neat. I wonder if they do that with a drone these days. They're like, everybody just pause. Oh, they probably would. Oh, that's cheating. I don't, and I don't know if a drone would have the same effects. So maybe they do still have some man running with a steady cam. Could be. They're becoming more and more illegal around places. Steady cams. Drones. 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 Not steady <laughs> okay. cams. No. Yeah. No. Those are those are still quite legal. I, I. I mean, I just assume. I haven't looked that one up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are the steady cam laws in your state? To find out before you. <laughs> type in www.steadycamlaws.com. Backslash your state. Dot gov. <laughs> dot edu. Just throw a whole bunch in there. Yes. Um, One of them. So, exactly. So he, uh, R Dalton Rand, asks Tara to tell him his future. Like, hey, if you're so good, what's going to happen to me? And so she tells him his fortune in this, like, really weird riddle. Uh -huh. And then all of it comes true. Like, oh. they're calling him by the wrong name. No way, Jose. And his then his coffee orders under the wrong name and Jose doesn't pay his bills and his car gets towed and then he gets burned with his coffee. And then uh, the part about don't ask the officer for help. He has his own problems. A cop literally comes to him for an inner, like for a appointment. And then he gets a fortune cookie with one of the cryptic things that she says at the Chinese restaurant. And then he can't pay because he doesn't have his wallet. And then he almost gets hit by a car. And he just has this moment where he's like, whoa. And it's like, he spins around and it's very bad boys too. Um, this shit just got real, that scene. When, like, the but specifically from the sequel, not from the first one? 
Yes, it's a specific scene from Bad Boys 2. Okay, I'll have Martin, to rewatch that. I mean, I yeah. it's a while. It's been a while. But hey, they're making a third. Shut what? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. Oh, this is great. We're going to have a third Bad Boys. We're going to have a third Princess Diaries. I'm happy. Yeah, we're going to have a third Princess Diaries. Is she going to have a child in it? I don't know. Does her marriage not work out? I don't know. Is there a third book? There's like 10 books. Oh, so they could have built. The the movies, the second movie has nothing to do with the books. It is completely their own thing. Oh. Yeah. So, and then the first movie is very different than the book, the books as well. So, but yeah, that's exciting. I love bad boys. Mike Lowry. Oh God. (laughs) So he camps out at the coffee shop courtyard to talk to Tara the next morning and begs her to come work for him. And then he's like, you need, she's, you know, she says, oh, I don't do this for money. Uh, that seems wrong. And he tells her, you know what? You need me because you're in debt for all of your hospital bills because he ran a credit check on her. Does that tell you much besides your credit score? I have no. Well, I guess it tells you like your credit tells you if you're in debt or not, right? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a con artist. Again, I have to run someone else's credit score. I don't know what it would tell me. And here about the dinner. Hold on, my notes. Okay. Bad. Okay. Why is he wearing a bib at dinner? Uh, Did he have the lobster? He might have had soup. It's very clean. I don't think he needed to wear it, but you just don't see a lot of grown. And he's still wearing it as the check comes out. You didn't take that off. Yeah. Well, maybe it's to make us hate him even more. I don't know. You know how like. If you did wear it, you wouldn't get anything on you. But if you didn't, you'd spill, you know, sweet and sour soup all over yourself. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. That yeah. makes Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> well, my thing is like, does, you know, he asks her, how did you know? And she's, I have, he, she says, I have a lot of help. And then we get the flashback to see exactly how all of this stuff happened. You know, Parker switches out the cup and she also picks his pocket and Hardison's straight up making fortune cookies, which is awesome. I really want to make fortune cookies because they did it on the Great British Bake Off that time. I was just going to add on here. Yes. Yes. So I was hard. so fascinated by that. And I'm like, I need to do that. Um, Nate is the one who almost hits him with a car and he's very excited. Yes. <laughs> um, does he giggle? Elliot definitely giggles when he tows his car. They're all having a good time. They're all having a good time scaring the crap out of this man. But this guy screwed over, yeah. Yeah, but I guess he also, he goes to that Chinese restaurant frequently, and that's how they knew he would go there to get that fortune cookie. That is true. I mean, that is a, it's a gamble what you're going to want for lunch. Yeah. But maybe he's a very much like every Friday I eat at this taco stand and every Thursday I eat at the Chinese place. And yeah. I, I guess they hacked his account, like his uh, appointment book to see if it was who was coming to visit him. I'm not telling you about the cop. I mean. Or they convinced a cop to go visit him. Hardison can do everything. So. So she finally agrees to come work for him on the show. And they. After they calling him a charlatan. Yes. <laughs> 
so good. And I just, her clothes, like you said, are very on the nose, but they're also just, they're like, I don't have a lot of money. Like I've got the acid wash jean skirt Yep, that I've had since 1987 that I take good care of. So it's still in good condition kind of look, which yeah. I appreciate. Oh, yeah. Um, I bought this leather jacket and it was very expensive in 1989 and I am wearing it till it falls apart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I'm surprised it has not with all those little like fringes off of it. Nothing's yeah. falling off. She takes very good care of her things. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, oh, wait, this is when we learn the assistant's name because they go back to the studio and he kicks out Wilson. 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 And sits her down. He's like, you're out. And he's kind of a dick about it because he's a dick. And so she's going to get a read on people and then tell Rand. So what they're doing is they're doing both cold. They're going to do a hot and cold reads on the audience live. So she, you know, he's going to go up to somebody after she directs him there. Hardison is searching their internet history and they're like, like tracking them online. With the help. Of so much orange soda. So much orange soda and gummy frogs. Gummy frogs. Uh, Elliot's outside breaking into people's cars to find out information about them from their cars. And Parker, in like a weird-ass wig, is stealing people's cards and phones and, and scanning them and going through their phones to find out even more. So that they're like giving her all of this raw data and she's having to synthesize it as well as like do reads on people as she's looking at them through the cameras and then tell him things in a natural way that a psychic would know so that he can then do his own psychic twist on it. And that's like just so much happening in Tara's brain. Yeah. She's great. She's so good. I love it. Um, So they, they talk to kind of the most important person they talk to is this woman who wants to know if her husband is hiding something from her. And uh, the guy sitting next to her, who we get to know a little more later, was one of the guards from Prison Break. What? Yes. He was like a bad guard. He was horrible on Prison Break. He's still not great. Um, his name is Nicholas. Well, Nicholas he's a type. He's a typecast now. He is definitely a typecast. Bull, now he's on the other side of the bars. Because he was a guard before, and now he's been in prison <laughs> yeah um they also um talked to a young woman who's like the only person wearing a bright warm color in the scene she's wearing this beautiful yellow dress and she she was actually one of their interns and then they cast her in this role and she's super good and she like starts crying because he talks to her mom for her and she says she's proud of her even though her beauty shop went out is going out of business. It was just really sweet. That is very sweet. Yeah. And then the other guy they talked to had driven in from Michigan because his dad had died. And Parker has his phone. And apparently on the phone, one of the uh, contacts you see is Peggy. Um, Peggy Milbank, who was in the juror number six job. And she's Parker's persona, Alice's friend that she makes on the jury yeah well, he knows i don't know why he know i don't know why he knows peggy but i love peggy so that's really exciting <laughs> uh, so yeah so um they get done with the show dalton and tara 
and they head outside and he's like so excited. Oh, you know what? We might do pay-per-view instead. And while he's all excited, they, <laughs> he gets kidnapped. <laughs> yep. so they're so good at faking his psychic powers. They get him kidnapped. Which Love is it awesome. though. The fight scene with Tara. I was mm-hmm. like, why did they not explore this love story more with like Tara and Elliot? I was like, this, this is, this is something they really could have gone on. You think that, so? That could have been a way that Tara could have stuck around after Sophie came back. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> but like, I thought this, like, I was like, this could have worked out. You know, everyone's got to find their love. Elliot can't just be the guy that hooks up with some of the people that they sometimes help. If there's a horse involved or a country song involved, who's going to be with them? <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you not understand that Elliot Hardison and Parker are going to be together? That's end game for me. That's like in a threesome? Yes. They're going to be in a polyamorous relationship because I love the three of them. And I want them all to be happy together. Well, then. I just don't, I mean, like, besides that one episode with D.B. Cooper, I just don't think that Parker and Elliot had, like, a lot of more than a brother-sister connection. No, I think by the end of the series. See, keep watching. I'll, I'll bring in all of my my evidence as we go. Which I, there's a little bit in this, in this episode. Um, but at this point, it is very brotherly. I agree. Um, yes, so... They do have a fun fight scene and we see that, uh, you know, Tara is, and we've seen it before. She can take care of herself. Like she can fight as well. But we see that Elliot notices a tattoo on one of the guy's hands. There's no outside handles on like the van. So they can't get into it when it tries to drive away. Oh yeah. And you know, he even says like, you know, they meant to kidnap him. Cause if you, you don't get out of a van, if you want to kill someone, you don't even stand up. You can just, shoot them i guess so they all work together and i love this they kind of all at once just like when she's in the studio use all of their different ways of finding things out to like come to the same conclusion uh which is very nice um and they find out they're in a warehouse somewhere so they Go to the warehouse. And that's when I noticed that Elliot was wearing the beads because I wrote in all caps in my notes, Elliot is still wearing the stupid braids and beads. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Um, so they drop Tara off and she walks in and gets the story from Kusin, who and he he tells it in this like ridiculous villain monologue way. Uh, he robbed a bank with a partner and he wants to know where the the partner hid the money while he was in prison. So Nate's like, well, we're going to have to get this guy a bag of money. But do you also notice that Tara now has fringe on her boots? Oh, yeah. Not just her, like they had not shown her shoes before, really. And I was no. like, wow, she is selling this. She is. And it is shown off so beautifully because she kind of walks in and then she, they're backlit for a little bit. So that's just like shadowy fringe moving. And then are the prisons in upstate New York? Is that what they're known for? The prisons? I was like, I feel like I don't know much about upstate New York. I mean, I've been there, but Did I didn't like prison? tour the prisons. No, I'm sure there are prisons in upstate New York. Like we're, you're not going to ship people that far away, right? There's prisons everywhere. 
Well, that is true. Yeah. So that's what I see. Um, so they're going to have to find him a bag of money. And Tara pretends that she sees a car and it's going to lead them to the money. And they are able to find the car, find the car of the, the guy's old partner and proof of insurance that Hardison and Parker have just like fake aged, which is great. How, how common do you think that car was? Because like, how did they find that car? No idea. And how did they know that that was the car that he drove? I mean, I. They could have looked at probably like Hardison a 19 something, 60 something random car. Yeah. That had just been sitting in that. the parking lot. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably do. It's true. Um, yeah. There are, there are several things here where I'm like, okay, I'll just, uh, I'll just believe that that works. And right away, one of the henchmen like opens, you know, shows them the proof of insurance, like, oh, it's his car. And then like finds a key and they're like, obviously this key is where the treasure is. Oh yeah. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> and so they realize that it's for a storage unit and and we see Nate buying coveralls off a dude named Phil, which is great. And they go to this storage unit. And this guy has waited 10 years, 20 years to get this treasure. And he's like, I have a key to get into this place so no one will know. But no, I can't wait. Now that we're here, let's start breaking into storage units. Because <laughs> I cannot yeah. wait 10 more minutes to figure it out. <laughs> Like, it's just sad. Try the key. Yeah. I mean, even all you had to do was be like, oh, hey, my dad passed away and I found this key and I know it goes to one of these things, but I don't have the paperwork. Could you tell me what? But no, he had to pull a gun on Phil, who is actually now Nate in Phil's coveralls to figure it out. I'm like, um, dude, what? You like went on a psychic show. Like you obviously have the patience. The patience to figure this out in a in an orderly, methodical way. But now you're like, no, get the bolt cutters. Christina, he's the bad guy. He has to, that's a bad guy thing, apparently. Apparently. So, yeah, they, um, Nate has to stall them as Hardison, Elliot, and Parker finish getting everything set up. And finally, he lets them in, shows them where it's at. And they go in and they're, they're searching the, the unit and there's no money to be found. So Cusin gets angry and points a gun at Rand. But there are baby clothes. There are baby clothes that are baby actually books. books. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, we get some quality uh, complaining from Hardison because it's never an episode of Leverage if he's not complaining about all the hard work he does. It's true. I think he does a lot, a lot of work. But yes, he, he also yes. likes to complain. And I, I, I respect that. Yeah, I, I, I too like to complain all the time. I'm a fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So while he has the gun on him, Rand confesses that. Where did they get all that crap, though? My, basement? I think some of it was already in there. I think most of it was already in there, and what they're actually bringing in were the things that happened in just a second. So when he confesses oh this is all a lie i'm not really psychic i uh, it's all being recorded on camera and on microphone and then there is some debt cord on 
a wall that explodes and the wall opens up into the studio. I do not think this is actually how these buildings were made. No. <laughs> There's no way they were just like butting up into the studio. I feel like that is not code. Um, Wouldn't that mean that their studio is basically a warehouse, like on the other side? Yeah, like it's no like insulation. A unit, it's just a storage unit. Yeah. They just have they get to get the audience in. Maybe. Uh, no. So I think what they're actually were hauling in were not the things to put in the storage unit. I think it was just the cameras and stuff on the dollies. So that's what they, and they were just moving stuff around so they could get at the walls and hang things. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they bust through and there's like the audience with every single person who was there earlier. They just re-invited them back. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I go every day. I have no job. Yep. And I mean, maybe that lady's or maybe he thinks that, that he might be losing his job if he keeps going back. I was thinking maybe that the reason that lady's beauty shop isn't doing so well is because she's been at the psychic every day. <sighs> Gotta be open. Yeah. So I don't know. And you know, the cop, that cop is there and some other cops as well, and they arrest them right away as you see everybody in the studio just super heartbroken which is just awful because normally and i think that's what adds to the awfulness of this bad guy in this episode is that even though there are usually multiple victims we don't see them find out about it and so like we like watched in real time as they find out that this guy has swindled them and it's awful so terrible. <laughs> like the ones that he didn't even take any money from yet, like the the lady in the yellow dress. Yeah, yeah, but he gave her like an ignorant list. There, she could have had that little bit of. Yeah, well, I think they all pay to come on the show. What? Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, come on, he's a con man. Of course, he's going to charge him for tickets. Oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it might even be like a drug dealer thing like the first one's free but then you have to pay after that i don't know so they uh they do they have the perp walk coming out of the studio and they get in the car and actually them walking and getting in the car and then the reverse shot of the team against the van were apparently shot on different days oh which i think is interesting and i think it's Nate, who asks, any way we could get them in the same prison? And and Hardison's like, eh, I could I could pull some strings. I could do that. And Tara has a really good point. She's she says, Is there is there any way to stop? Like, like what is there to stop the next person from conning people like this? You know, is there any way to stop it? And Nate says, No. And then he kind of just, you know, does his Nate thing where he says something and walks away. And she kind of just says to herself, she's like, then why even try? Oh. Because, yeah, which is heartbreaking and true. And that Wilson dude is out there and he knows all the tricks and he was behind the scenes the whole time. So it's not like anybody knows who he is. He could, like, what's to stop him from going and doing this to other people? I sort of thought of Wilson as being like, in a way, I thought that maybe he was his lover. And okay. he was so scorned by it all that he probably won't do this because he was replaced so easily by this lady. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
I like that. Yeah. And he, or if he wasn't his lover, he just had this, like he was in love with Luke Perry and his character and he would do anything to help out with him. Okay. No, that's, I've accepted that. Yeah. And also a lot of times the, the henchmen and the, the assistants don't have that, what it takes to do what the, the main bad guy does. You know, they're not as smart. They can't cold read someone or they don't have the charisma. I felt like this guy was being groomed, but he also was kind of a sycophant about it. You know, like, oh, you're so good. Oh, yeah. No, it's you. I've never seen anyone do this. Oh, Luke Perry. <laughs> he was a huge 90210 fan. <laughs> you know what I did like Luke Perry in? The Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yes. 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 That's that's the Luke Perry for me. Um, so they meet up with the clients. Um, both the brother and Jody, the the pregnant woman, and she's Neville's just sad. Cousin. Hmm? Neville's cousin. Neville's cousin and Jody. Yeah. And you know, Nate has this really beautiful thing where he comforts her by telling her, you know, she's like, "I just wanted to see my husband again," and he says, "You will. You'll see him in your child's. You know, it'll it'll be you know the way that he laughs or the way that he, you know, puts peanut butter on a sandwich. You're, you're gonna see him and and that." you know, that whole, he's there with you. And Tara's sitting over here next to him just, like, crying. She's like, okay, I get it now. Okay, she was a little more composed than that, but she's definitely tearing up. And then, as they're leaving, Parker stops the brother, and she gives him an envelope, and it's the money that Rand took from Jody. And he hugs her, and Parker feels feelings for the Parker second hugs. time. And, and it's great, because she, like, hugs him back and in the commentary they were saying this is this is like closure like this is not her brother but it is a brother and she's helping him in a way that she couldn't help her own brother so he's kind of standing in as like a surrogate and uh, uh, <laughs> just ugly crying um which is then com- like immediately followed up by some levity because elliot's like where'd you get that money you didn't you didn't find the the stolen money did you and they kind of look at each other and he's kind of laughing and then he's like without me and he gets all annoyed and he leaves <laughs> which is totally elliot's kind of mo is like i'm tickled one minute and then really pissed this the next minute because i didn't get to play i didn't you didn't invite me to your fun treasure hunt and um, oh and then the episode ends with parker and hardison which is rare because it usually ends with um Nate or when Sophie's there with Sophie having the last word. Just kind of it was it was nice. I I loved that about this episode. I think I agree with you that it's not one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Tara's still wonderful and especially knowing that we're coming to the end of our time with Tara. I like really I really cherish these moments we still have together. I know with Jerry I just- Ryan because she's so good. But uh yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't continue having her or being like, hey, why don't we just have two grifters? I don't know. Well, she does come back later. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's they they found the maybe they didn't know what they would do if they had two grifters. Like it would just be too much to juggle. Uh it's, it's hard. Intro. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard getting everybody to have like an equal amount of screen time with five people 
adding a sixth person on, somebody's going to get forgotten or have like a smaller part in every episode, which would suck. Yeah. I don't like that. Because I like I like all the characters so much. I wouldn't want to be like, oh. Exactly. Exactly. Um, any last thoughts on this episode? What are you holding up? Do you want to know my fun fact I found out about Luke Perry? Yes. Did you know that he once worked in a doorknob factory? <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> yeah. And he had a potbelly pig named Jerry Lee after Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis, who married his 14-year-old cousin. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that fact was fun then. <laughs> I see why he named his pig after him. Right? <laughs> that makes more sense now. Gross. Yes. Um, do you have any more Luke Perry facts? That was it. <laughs> that was, that's pretty great, though. I love it. Oh, uh, another trivia fact on this episode. Uh, Amy Berg said that she all of the supporting characters in this episode are named for the assistants on the production team of the show. Oh, that's nice. So sweet, right? I love it. I wish we learned their names more. I know. Uh, Jody. Um. <laughs> I wonder if Jose is one of them. <laughs> Do you know the way, Jose? Um, that's great if i was a psychic that's how i would give people their future in like cryptic riddles if you were psychic, i would do it would you also cringe oh hell yeah i would go for more like a bohemian like more shawls less leather jackets with big uh shoulder pads oh or maybe i would go like more like bruja like i don't know I'm very white, though, so I probably, no, I would go the Charmed route, like the original Charmed, the Charmed Sisters. Like with the Sisters? Yeah. I think it would just be like weird backless shirts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which sister would you be? Um, I, obviously, I would have to be Prue because she was the oldest, even though she had to leave because Shannon Doherty is hard to work with. She's kind of a little bit of a bitch, but the guy who played her love interest, I thought was so hot. He was also in the X-Files movie for a hot second. Um, and then like in nothing else I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I loved Piper. Piper is great. All right, you be Piper. Who's going to be Phoebe? I don't know. Or Rose McGowan. I oh, yeah. I forgot about her. What was her name? So, something with a P. Penelope. Patricia. Shelly Pomeroy. That's Veronica Mars. I don't know. We don't need a Phoebe or a no. Rose McGowan. No. There was the power of or two. Power <laughs> of two. We don't need the two most woke members of Charmed. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you watched the new Charmed? No. Is it good? It is fun. I really like it. Have you watched the new Roswell? There's a new Roswell? There's a new Roswell. It's called Roswell, New Mexico. I will probably cut this out, except I want everyone to go watch it. And um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was a huge fan of oh, Roswell. About you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. It, I would be a really bad friend if I didn't know about your obsession with Roswell. Oh, my God. I loved Roswell so much that in my 
sculpture class in high school, we had to make uh, giant paper mache like pop art things based on everyday things. And I made a Tabasco sauce bottle. But anyways, uh, it was giant. It was like as tall as I am. And that's almost six feet tall. My goodness. <laughs> it was it was a lot of Tabasco sauce. Anyways, the new show is fun. They uh, have a lot of references to the old show. They play a lot of music that they play in the old show. A lot of Counting Crows. A lot of Third Eye Blind. It's great. Um, and they went Can back to the names. Back? No. So it's actually... Um, it's as if, so it's a brand new show. So it's like the first show doesn't exist, um, it, but it's the same characters, but they're 10 years older. So Liz has come back to town. Um, she's a biologist and she comes back for the anniversary of her sister's death. And um, her dad still owns the, the Crashdown Cafe, but it goes back to the names from the book series that the original show was based on which yes i read uh and liz is latina so it's liz ortega instead of liz parker and so there it's a lot more diverse and it's it's wonderful and everybody's grown up and i really like it and all of the episode titles are names of songs from the early aughts whoa hold on so the sec the first episode is called Pilot, but the second one's called So Much for the Afterglow. Everclear. Then Tearing Up My Heart. <laughs> then Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? <laughs> Don't Speak. <laughs> oh, wow. Smells Like Teen Spirit. I Saw the Sign. Barely Breathing. Um, the, the next one is called, it hasn't aired yet, but episode nine is going to be called uh, songs about Texas. Then the next one is I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, Champagne Supernova, Creep, and then the last episode is called Recovering the Satellites. Oh, all my jams that you were just saying. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a playlist of those songs. Uh, <clears throat> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'll send it to you. I'll share it with you on Spotify. <sighs> All right, so that's it for our corner where I tell you what um, rebooted television shows to watch. Uh, I'll let you know when Leverage is rebooted, and we can do that here, too. But now uh, I know you have some high slights, and I have a high slight as well, but I'll let you start. You let me start last time. You sure you don't want to go first? Um, I know that you went down a hole, and we might cry for yours. So, yes, let me do mine really quick. Okay. So um, this was a really long article uh, that I found on CNN, which is um, kind of the end of this long two-year investigation about this, one of the longest running frauds in history, about this French psychic named Maria Duval, who lives in this compound in France with these, this like surrounded by a wall and the, the two investigative journalists had gone a couple of years before to try to interview her and they were turned away and now they've come back. And this woman uh, was kind of a famous, locally famous psychic in France. And apparently she like helped people like find lost people and things. And these letters started going out to elderly and sick and lonely people in America and Canada from Maria Duval telling them that she would use her powers as a world renowned psychic to help solve their problems, but they had to pay her. 
And apparently at least 1.4 million people fell for the scam. No, 1.4 million Americans fell for the scam. Oh, and yeah, and the FBI investigated and they went and did a like a search of her home and they actually didn't find any money. And uh, I'll obviously put the link to this article so you can read the whole thing. And there's also videos of the, the compound when they go like look at her house. And they, they do get to interview Maria Duval and her son and her granddaughter. But at this point, it's like almost too late because she's this really old woman now and she like doesn't really know what's going on anymore. And they all completely say, oh, she sold her name. So the other people have been using it and they took the money and it wasn't her. But like, we're never going to know for sure now because they didn't find money when they searched her home and she's not in her right mind anymore to be able she's to. She probably spent it all on candles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and it's. So she has dementia now? Yeah. So she's like in the same boat as the people who were preyed upon by these letters from her. That is karma. Yeah. But, but is it like these people don't get their money back? Like that's the karma I want. I want them to get their money back. But yeah, they, they had like a bit of an interview with a woman whose mom had dementia and she was sending her money. And so they took her like checkbook away from her. And then she found out that she was sending her cash in the mail like when she wasn't looking just like horrible just horrible terrible yeah so if a psychic writes you a letter uh, don't send their money what if it's like a lost king in africa who's been writing me letters well emails i'm gonna need you to go back and watch the very first episode of leverage and learn again not to do that So yeah. Okay. Tell me your high slights. Okay. So I went down this whole rabbit hole. I was trying to find like a good one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a weird thing to be, but but like one that's not like, I just kept reading these ones that were like so sad. Yeah. And just God. And then like, cause then I found out really none of these people are ever arrested. No one does jail time. So they don't learn a lesson. Yeah. Which brought me back to one of my favorite. Like, I went down all these people that are hunting psychics, and I found my favorite. Mm. I bring you back to the 1920s. All right? I'm so in. Fringe. Long cigarettes. Yes. Prohibition. Speakeasies. The Great Gatsby. The eyes. You know, all of it. Okay. A green light. I don't know if you know about this person. Have you ever heard of this guy named Houdini? <gasps> um, it rings a bell. Yes. I don't I mean, he hated psychics. And he turned all of his energy towards debunking psychics, mediums, and members of like and he offered like any he was the one that first offered the Scientific America to give a cash prize to any medium who could successfully demonstrate a supernatural ability. The, pl- the price has still never been collected. Um, he also, um, who did he chronicle? Mm, take two. He chronicled <laughs> his debunking exploits in his book, A Magician Among the Spirits. Ooh. Um, these activities cost him his friendship 
with Sir Conan Doyle. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Doyle was a firm believer in the spiritualism and refused to believe any of Houdini's exposés. He also believed that Houdini himself was a powerful spiritual <laughs> medium and had performed all of his stunts by means of paranormal abilities and was using these abilities to block those of other psychics he was debunking, which is how he debunked them. <laughs> Oh, ACD. Oh. Uh, this led to these two men becoming public antagonists and Sir Conan Doyle uh, views that Houdini was a very dangerous man. Before Houdini died, this is what got me, his wife agreed, him and his wife agreed that Houdini, um, if he found a way to communicate with her after death, he would use the, the term um, Rosabelle Believe. He would send her that mm -hmm. message. And that would be like a way, like there might be an afterlife. Let's oh shit, this is real. Play. I was being an asshole this whole yeah. time. <laughs> As Rosabelle was um, her favorite song. Mm. And I was going to play you that song while I was going to say this, but I couldn't find it. Oh. Um, but I found a whole bunch of Rosabelle Believes. There, People have done it all the time with mm. him. Um, Bess, his wife, held yearly seances on Halloween for 10 years after Houdini died. Um. Wait, did she, like, she did the seances herself, or did she bring in a fake psychic that he would have been pissed about? I think she, like, brought in other people and things like that. Um, after, in 1936, after her last unsuccessful seances, she put out the candle. She left burning constantly beside his photograph. And then um, when she died in 1943, she said, 10 years is long enough to wait for any man. Damn straight. Yeah. She died of a heart attack and she wished to be buried next to his body, but her family refused <gasps> to let her be buried in a Jewish cemetery because they were Catholic. <sighs> the traditions of holding seances for Houdini continues. They're held by magicians throughout the world. <laughs> he would have hated that. <laughs> and um, what's interesting is he didn't just die. Uh, like like a you know like oh heart failure or something like yeah. that but there's like a mystery behind his death um he died of uh, an infection secondary to his ruptured appendix mm -hmm. like i punched oh. him in the stomach yes yes he was killed yes um after the guy came up to him and, and said that he asked him if he believed in miracles of the bible and then he punched him in the stomach oh i always heard it that he because he could do this thing where he clenched his muscles in a way, and then he could you could punch him as hard as you wanted, and he goaded or had the guy do it, but he punched him too early, like he hadn't clenched his his stomach oh. yet, and so that's how he was able to rupture his appendix. The articles I was reading was saying that he just mm. that came out of nowhere. Yeah, what a mine dick. was like a PS, so I do not I do not think <laughs> that mine was um, I don't even remember where mine was from, so it could have been an even more. Shady source than Wikipedia. Oh yeah, That's and so that crazy. was my um, like big thing that I, I found. That. I love that so much. Yes, he was a debunker. I did a whole bunch more research on Houdini. I'm not <laughs> going to get into all of it. I was I I was just like this for your man. Book. There's a there's a series called Houdini and Holmes, and that came out pretty recently. And it was like about the two of them and 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 a young woman who was like trying to be a police officer, a police detective in Victorian England. And they like go around and it's like a supernatural show. And 
And Arthur Conan Doyle's like, it's magic. And Houdini's like, there's no much, there's no such thing. Um, but then I think there really is. Is there such yeah. thing as magic? In the in the show. Oh, I do, I do love a good magic. I, love. I do love a good magician. Mm-hmm. And then I just watched that um show that's new on Netflix, that um Agatha Christie murder show. It's like Agatha and the Truth yes. of Murder. Somebody and was telling me about that. Part of that says in there they say, Sir Conan Doyle's been holding daily seances about it. I was like, Yes, I just read about this. He did. I mean, he, he believed it. in fairies. Um, after his son died, he really got into the whole spiritualism thing. Um, it's very sad. Like that, like that breaks my heart because he's always trying to get in touch with his son. Um, yeah, I just love that he was so into that, and like Sherlock Holmes <laughs> hated that. Would not thing. have done that. No. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes is like, oh my god, what's wrong with you? I'm always debunking this shit, and you're over here believing it. Way to write about a character you just like don't have a lot in common with really yeah i mean i think that's good shouldn't only write people who are exactly like you i think that'd be boring i mean he didn't like sherlock holmes at the end so yeah he really didn't yeah all right you think he would have liked the new the new take on it um i don't think he would have cared if he'd gotten the royalties from it i think he'd be stoked but Mm. beyond that i think he'd moved on because he like famously said um, there was a stage play and then it was films uh, to be a silent film. And they asked, oh, hey, can we give Sherlock Holmes a love interest? And he's like, you can marry him. You can bury him. I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> do whatever you want with them. And I love that the whole Holmesian community of people who love Sherlock Holmes have done just about everything you can with the character. Oh. Yeah, it makes me so happy. And all versions of Sherlock Holmes are good in my book, but that's for a different podcast. Uh, I love Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Um, anything you want to plug? Um, no, my laptop's charged, so I don't need to. Tra- I don't need to plug it in. <laughs> no plugs for you. Okay. Um. Yeah. What do you need to plug? What do you got coming up? Just this episode. Two nice. weeks late, you know, like you do. But the next episode uh, will be the finale. So we're going to do two episodes together. And then we'll take a little break, maybe, where we, um, Corey and I are going to probably review the movie Widows. Oh. Which is about a heist. So that'll be kind of our little break in between season two and season three. And I've got my season three DVDs ready to go. Start that. Do it, yeah. I'm excited. You know, I can't believe we're already at the end of season two. But very good. Uh, if you want to follow me on the internet, I'm at Librarian Stee and all that good stuff. So, yeah, you won't see us again, but you'll hear us again in two weeks. Thank yeah. You. Bye. Bye.